It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Blind Android Users Podcast. My name is Brandon Hennis, Infrared Green, along with our panelists Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, and my girlfriend, who's a special guest with us today, Jessica Mangan. Today, we are going to be featured quite a bit today. The subject is about voice recording apps. Which are your favorite ones to use? We'll have a segmented interview, of course, with Warren Carr and Miriam Mosen talking to Brian Kempler from the talk from Google regarding talkbacks. You can learn a little bit about that. And the My Android Journey. I'll tell you a little bit about how I got interested into Android. And there may even be a little caviar from that. So without further ado, let's begin the segment by introducing the panelists who will be joining us today. Alongside myself, we have Mr. Warren Carr, the founder and the, the big voice. This is a big special time because it's the six-month anniversary up and coming of the Blind Android Users podcast as well. And it's a, and, and a, a big, big day and, uh, for that. And, and so happy six months to the Blind Android Users group. Warren Carr, good, good day to you, sir. Thank you so much, Brandon. This is wonderful. We <laughs> it's our six month anniversary, of course, and then of course Austin is going to be talking about a few announcements here, maybe one or two. And mm -hmm. uh, Austin, do you want to give those announcements before we talk about the main theme of the podcast or the episode? And that's got to be audio recorders. That's what we're talking about today in our categories of the must-have apps on a blind person's phone. So as Warren and Brandon said, we are we are celebrating six months today. Today is the 19th of June. We are recording on 19th of June, so it's six months. It's wonderful to be with the podcast for six months. Also, we have crossed 10,500 plays, so thanks to all the listeners for supporting us in the six months and hope you support us in the future. Also, Warren Carr was in the NFB show talking about Android. So Warren, you want to talk a bit about that? I was with the Nebraska chapter on a, of the NFB. And we had a little bit talk of, you know, what it is like on Android and all of that. And it was really interesting to uh, come to that realization that not so many blind people, especially here in the Western world or here in the U.S., actually um, are aware of Android. And so it's just one of those things. But being the evangelist, I had to evangelize a few. And, you know, we got a few subscriptions and looking forward to inner... <laughs> Preach it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're looking forward to kind of trying to evangelize more and, and get more and more people to realize that the goodness is not just on iOS, but it's all across the board. And especially if you're here on Android, it's also a good thing. So don't just be uh, relegated to the Fruitvale. Uh, quit being a Fruitvale and join us for a change, shall we? You know, I was in Fruitvale once and I realized uh, that the only fruit I was able to get healthy from was the fruit I ate, not the one I touched uh, that had had electrons in it. Whoa, hold exactto on a second. Exacto mundo, exacto mundo. 
Exactamundo. And so that's what we got. And so I was there with my friend Judy. We had a wonderful time. And those guys were such receptive people, very kind people. And a big shout out to Robert from Nebraska of the NFB chapter and to all the other uh, people from Nebraska. Thank you so much, guys. It was yeah, I was born in Nebraska. They're representing me well. Thank you, guys. Yes, they sure are. <laughs> so- <laughs> Before we talk about audio recorders, Warren, would you like to talk about the new changes that Google has done to the Play Store, a little bit of the changes in UI? Yeah, indeed. We got a lot of changes. Google can't seem to make up its mind as to the layout of the Play Store, and they keep changing that stuff. So we do have a new UI. Some have gotten it, and others haven't. So this is something that doesn't come to you as an update. Rather, it's something that is done on the server side of things. So if you see that new UI, then don't be panicked. Just go ahead and learn how to use it. If we need to We'll talk about how to go about managing that new Google Play Store UI. But there's a new UI. I think I got it about a week or so ago. So here we are. Today we're going to be talking about audio recorders. And what does it mean to have an audio recording app on your device? Because a lot of times what we do, we buy these gadgets. Could be a Zoom recorder, could be Olympus recorder, some of those other recorders out there. But however, I prefer to have something on my phone that I know that I have with me all the time. And if ever I want to record something, simply launch that app and I'm ready to record. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in our category of the must-have apps on a blind person's phone. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk a little bit about what these things could mean to you, especially audio recorders? Yeah, you, you know the thing about audio recorders on the phone, and it's it's uh, well before we talk about what app app names, let's just talk about the importance of it for a second and why it's important uh, for people to be able to have audio recording apps um, on their phone is is uh, memories uh, when you have an event, a, a special event that you go to. Uh, you know, you may have, uh, and I think uh, Jessica could point could could uh, point to this also. Uh, I gave her a good example using Q, which we'll talk about uh, as we d- dive further into this. The, you know, the birthday celebration from 2018 of my one of my nephews. Uh, she got to hear what that sounded like, and and we opened up presents. I did a little play-by-play. He's opening the bag of gifts, and what does he see? But a Batman watch and uh, what have you. And I just, you know, it's just things like that. You can catch good memories uh, with audio recorders on a phone. It's a lot better because instead of having to lug around a bunch of extra pieces of equipment and those tiny digital recorders that fall and break and the buttons bust and everything like that. And then so goes your recordings because you forgot to back them up to the PC. And so having the phone on hand and having a phone on hand with an audio recording app to be able to capture those memories or capture the great outdoors. Uh, maybe you just want to record a fireworks show. So I, you know, I, I think about those types of uh, situations and scenarios where things just absolutely gel well together. Um, what do you think, Austin? Yeah, I agree with what you say. It's uh, good for recording memories and taking notes. That is the most important thing. You're in an office meeting, you can uh, take notes and then, Type it down later. That's a good use for that. 
All right. Absolutely. So let's talk about these apps. And we got a couple or two or three of them. Let's dive into those audio app recorders, shall we? Mm. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's uh, see. What do you think? Uh, why don't you start us off with your uh, with one of your favorite recorders, Warren, and see what you uh, let's let's hear from you. And then I'll uh, give my next. And if Jessica's played with one, we'll go to her. Then Austin. And let's let's just kind of toss it around a little bit. Okay, there are so many apps out there on the Play Store, most especially when you type in the word audio recorder or recorder, <laughs> whatever uh, search term that you use on the Play Store. Now, the most important thing that we have here is that literally that thousands, I could say, and I'm, I'm not kidding, of such um, apps on the Play Store. It's really hard to uh, recommend one over the other because when you do that, you're kind of offending another person elsewhere. However, <laughs> my go-to's... <laughs> <laughs> happen to be a handful of those. And uh, at the top of that would be the Q MP3 recorder, which um, Brandon is going to be talking about. And the first ones that were there on the Play Store back in 2012, as far as I could remember, happened to be like the uh, easy voice recorder from a company called uh, Digipam, uh, D-I-G-I-P-A-M. Mm -hmm. And then there's an ASR recorder. These I know for sure that have been there since 2012. And so I'd like to demonstrate one of those, and that will be the uh, Digip Digipam recorder from those guys. And that's the easy voice recorder or whatever that, that thing is. So here we are. I'm going to go to my digital recorder folders. Folder, folder, digital recorders. And folder opened. Easy voice recorder pro. There it is. Record. Easy voice recorder pro. New voice mode. What I like about this particular recorder is the fact that it's very simplistic. And for me, when we come to talking about things having to do with any app, for me, simplicity, ease of use comes first and that trumps everything else. And so if an app is so complicated that it takes too much of my time to get it going, I'm not interested in that kind of app. But uh, this app is very easy to use. And so here's the layout. When you launch it, you heard it said, um, uh, news voice note. So we got news vo uh, new voice note. Device filters, more options, button. more options, record tab selected, Web and then at the device. bottom there's a record tab, listen tab two of two, and then there's a listen that is the files that you've recorded. I think that the most important thing is to take a look at the more options so we could see what the settings are. More options button out of pop up window settings and list. It says settings, open feedback, and what we want is settings. 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 Navigate up button out of list. Here are the items that we have in settings. We've got preset voice notes and list. So you could choose here, tab mic here. Voice notes checked. That's the mic presets. We got meetings and lectures. There's meeting and lectures. Music and raw sound. Music and raw sound. Ah, that's the kind I like. Cancel button out of oh, list. Oh, cancel. So those are your options. Settings. The next item below that would be tuning. Tuning. Up, and here's what we've got. Tuning, main, and, and you could tap in here, see which microphone you prefer. Microphone, main, checked, and, list. and we got... Rear. Main, unprocessed. Ah, that's my kind. Main, tuned for voice communications. Bluetooth. Cancel button. You see list. how great this recorder is? Let's go tuning. to the next one. 
stereo, recorded stereo on supported devices, switch off. And you could check that, you could tap on that to turn it on. And if it doesn't support, if your device does not support stereo recording, it will let you know, hey, this cannot work for you. Let me tap and turn it on. All right. Stereo isn't supported by some devices. If recording sounds strange or no longer work, try changing settings greater than tuning greater than microphone or turn off stereo. Got it. Button out of list. All right. I got it. Tuning. Stereo. Record and stereo on supported devices. Switch. On. And list. Sample rate. 44 kilohertz. CD. Okay. Ooh. You can go in here and change. Um, Sample rate. 48 kilohertz. Highest. And list. 44 kilohertz. CD. Checked. 48 kilohertz. Highest. That. 44 kilohertz, 32 kilohertz, 22 kilohertz, And on and on it goes down to 8 kilobits or something. Bitrate, 256 kbps. Uh, these are the defaults. You could change these things. Noise suppression, device default. All right, so it means you could... Noise suppression, device default, checked, and listed. On, off, cancel, And you could turn it off or whatever. Tuning, and echo cancellation, device default. So that's, that's the whole layout of this uh, particular recording app. Uh, what I'm going to do, though, is to kind of do a little demonstration. I'm going to record a little something. Hello, I am recording on Easy Voice Recorder. I hit the pause button. There's a cancel. Resume. Or done, which is stop. I hit that one, so I am done recording. And if I tap on the my recording to edit box, my recording. So that's where you could give it a name. If you don't want to, then you don't need to worry about that. Record button. Now I don't want to record. New voice note out of list. Device filters. More options button. Okay, so here I am. Um, new new voice note that I need to talk about. Record tab. Listen, tab. We go to the record tab. Listen, selected. And not now, but I'm sorry, to listen rather. Upload new recordings to the cloud. Not now, button. Okay. One recording out of list. And this is in the listen tab. This one recording. Search. One recording. You could search for a recording. Search. Sort. Message. Podcast group. And my recording one MP3. Service. Playing. Uh, hello, I am recording on Easy Voice Recorder. There it is. That's what it would sound like, and that would be the easy voice recorder. So there's a regular version and a professional version. And that would be my thing about the easy voice recorder. Very good, Warren. Well, this time we're going to talk about HiQ MP3 recorder. And I'll have Warren give the demonstration on that again, because again, as I stated earlier, <clears throat> I don't have this version the latest version on my devices is the last version of HiQ MP3 recorder I have is the old legacy version that has been around. And so it's a little outdated for what we need for the actual uh, demonstration. About HiQ MP3 recorder, what is it? How does it work? HiQ MP3 recorder is an application which, quite frankly, has a different approach to recording. Now, I will say I would like to definitely try Easy Voice Recorder Pro after hearing that little demonstration because it can do some things with the mic that HiQ cannot do. Whoops. Uh, we'll talk. But there are things I like about HiQ. It's intuitively easy to use interface for one. Starts out with a list button at the top, which allows you to view and or play, share, delete, or upload recordings you have already previously made. 
post a settings button, which features some settings that you already have access to within the main interface. There are controls to adjust your mic gain, to change the audio format, the bit rate, and the recording has a record button, which features itself as a record slash pause, kind of like a tape player. Then as soon as you go to the right-hand side, there's a stop button. Well, the thing we find unique about high QMP3 recorder is the stereo audio and the unprocessed audio. Now, I know that sounds kind of cliche because you just heard an easy voice recorder that we can do something very similar. But what we can also do is adjust the microphone gain. As you do use unprocessed recorded audio, one thing you will come across that tends to happen quite a bit is compression. Uh, some microphones on some devices are fairly compressed, and they do tend to create a little bit of an issue in terms of being able to process appropriately. Um, case in point, I was at a uh, Walmart with Jessica and company, and in the recording, uh, it was very noise reduced. The Motorola could not really, you couldn't really understand most of our conversations as we were walking through the store, including my descriptions, because of the noise level being uh, reducing the microphone. This is exactly why we do things like uh, having unprocessed audio. Well, HiQ takes it to another level. The microphone can record stereo even if the raw unpreprocessed audio is in existence. That is to say, it does stereo in both ways, raw unprocessed and the regular directly. So that's one thing that you might actually find yourself a little bit uh, uh, uniquely surprised about. So with uh, without further ado, let's hear a nice little demonstration of that from Warren Carr to tell you a little more about HiQ MP3 Recorder from the demonstrative perspective, including the ability to upload to different cloud storages. Here is Warren. Thank you, uh, Brandon. So we're going to demonstrate how this thing works, and you've given a good overview of it. And actually, all I'm going to be doing here is showing you the UI real quick, and then we'll move on from here. So I'll go back to my digital recorders. I got HiQ. When you launch it, the first thing you have on the top left corner is the list. So that's a list of your recordings. And to the right of that is the settings. And this is the most important one. We're going to come back to that. But then let's finish with the layout of the UI. Now, at the bottom, in the middle, you have the record right in the middle of the phone toward the bottom. And that's your record button. That's all you have there, like uh, Brandon had indicated. Let's go back now to the settings found on the top right corner of the phone. Settings button. Settings. When you open up the settings, here are the items that we find. And this is the one thing I like about HiQ is that if your device is not uh, stereo um, uh, compliant and you try to enable it, it'll tell you, hey, it's not compatible. So here's what we've got. Recording and list. So in the recording, you tap here. Recording, navigate up. Button. And you. Bit rate 128 kbps and list. Gain plus 8.0 decibels. You can change that. Mix selection, unprocessed, raw. 
And that's the one I chosen. If you tap here, it has different options that you could choose from. Stereo, use both microphones. If available, checkbox, checked. Mm -hmm. Location of stored recordings, slash stored, slash emulated, slash zero, slash recordings. So if you have a phone that has an SD card, you could actually change to store your recordings on an SD card instead of uh, filling up your internal storage of your phone. Default file name, define file naming for new recordings. That? Minimum free space. Stop recording when the amount of free space reaches 100 MB. Ah, all right. So uh, let's let's go back here a little bit. Google Google interface. So the interface is what it talks about. Things like icon. Use icon and obscure messages for the notification when recording. Checkbox not checked and list. Hide notification icon. Pull down the notification door to see recording status. You could hide that if you don't want it to. Quick start. Start recording from the notification door. Checkbox not checked. You could set that. Auto start. Immediately start recording when app is opened. Checkbox. Not checked. You could choose that. Prompt. Instant delete button. Prompt for name. Ask for name when recording is stopped. Checkbox. Checked. Instant delete button. Show button to delete the last recording. Checkbox. Checked. Instant share button. Show button to share the last recording. Checkbox. Checked. Mm -hmm. Show free space as duration. Okay. Single tap play. Tap a recording from the list of play. Long press for more options. Checkbox. Not checked. Okay. Show unrenamed recordings as last modified dates. Show seconds. Display timestamp with seconds in the recording list. Checkbox. Not checked. Keep portrait orientation. Don't rotate screen even when the phone is rotated. Checkbox. Not checked. Navigate and that would be it. So I'm going to go back. There's something that I meant, I meant to talk about. But before we get to that, then you could store it up automatic um, uh, storage on Dropbox or Google Drive. Google Drive. Dropbox. And you can choose whether you want those things uploaded uh, automatically uh, to either your Dropbox or your Google Drive. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, and that's found below the settings. And there's a button there that simply says off. And what that means is an auto recording um, that says, hey, if I reach X amount of minutes, automatically stop the recording. And that's off button. Uh, if I tap here, this is what stop it, after zero. And you could choose where to stop. And that's how that I thing is. Off. It's just a great. Uh, recording app and that's high recorder all right so here is the next app in place and this is we're going to look at an app here that jessica will be demonstrating all right so she's going to she's going to demonstrate smart or she's going to tell you about smart recorder and then i'll look at the ui accessibly so, um, I found Smart Recorder, and it was just honestly, I was browsing apps, and it looked like it had a good um, rating, and so I was like, okay, hmm, is this accessible? Because, you know, you're wondering, okay, are these apps really accessible or not? Um, I'm all about visually and um, with text-to-speech because of Brandon, because I have friends that are completely blind. Like, okay, is this going to be accessible for them, or is this not? So, this is, um, the layout is really basic. Um, it has a pro version, I do believe, but right now, I have the free version. Um, so, when you first open up the app, the first thing that you're going to come across is remaining time. So you can set the remaining time that you have. Remaining space is enough for 226 hours of recording at 22 kilowatts. Yep. 
So there you go. And then get silence. Double tap to activate. Double tap and hold huh? to long rest. Um, I, actually, I'm going to explain that too. The the to add to that additional that what she just said, um, is that in the interface when you double tap on that, and it it meant 22 kilohertz. We're using Samsung TTS here. Uh, okay, so so that's remaining time. The next thing that she was talking about, and this is skip silence. Skip silence. Tap to activate, double tap, and hold to long press. And we hear the prompts, of course. Skip silence refers to when you're recording. A lot of times you'll have these silence gaps that you, you know, people talk. You know, you'll be doing an interview with somebody, but they may they may be a person who who has a bit of a difficult time uh, getting a sentence out or finishing off. And we've seen it many times in interviews. It takes a little while. So when they edit them in exactly. some podcasts, they'll actually – what they'll do is they will um, skip silence, which means let's take this empty gap and let's just not record it. Uh, pause the recording as soon as they stop talking. It's almost like voice-activated recording, and so that's what skip silence is for. The next thing we see more is a more options Double button, and if I hit that – Window. We have a pop-up about window. We have about app. Remove ads. Settings. Help and feedback. So let's go back to settings and see what we can change here. Alright. And settings. I have in sample rate quality. Bigger rate means better quality but larger file size. Double tap to activate. So I can double tap this. Sample rate quality. Showing items 1 to 6 of 6. We're using voice assistant on her Galaxy S9, by the way. Sample rate quality. Sample not rate enlist, quality. Not selected. 8 kilohertz phone. Enlist 6 items. Okay, 8 kilohertz double phone. So I, I assume that this is in uh, uh, wave format that it's doing this. Not selected. 11 kilohertz. 11 kilohertz. Um, and then it goes 16. 22, 22, 32, 32, 32 not selected, 44, 44, not selected, 44 and not selected, 44 so we'll select 44.1 kilohertz. There we go. Now we'll navigate up, sample rate, pause during phone calls. Pause during phone calls. Tap, and that's pause during phone calls. Off switch. Off. Now you might not want to record when you're on a phone call. From every app, but if you did, I guess, want to record your call, you could. Do not disturb. Switches do your phone to silent mode. Pause during phone calls. Off switch. Now the next one. Double. Do not disturb. Switches your phone to silent mode during recording process. Off switch. Okay. That can be useful if you do not want your backgrounds or anything else happening during a recording. So do not disturb. Uh, turning on do not disturb while recording. Uh, microphone adjustment. Double tap. Keep screen on. Screen. Microphone adjustment. Okay, so microphone double adjustment. Tap. I'll double tap on this. Adjustment. Navigate up. Microphone. Check. Devices auto gain control. Ag. Check box. Double tap to. Toggle. Okay, devices auto gain control AGC. Uh, you can turn that on or off. Uncheck. And you can uncheck that. Not check. Which I'll do for the purposes of this. Mic gain calibration. Mic gain calibration. Uh, press button. Make some noise to determine maximum gain factor. Then press button again. 
So you can calibrate your microphone and it will determine the prop the best gain based on your background level of background noise. Gain factor. Gain factor. 1.0x. 1.0x. Calibrate button. Calibrate. Mic level. Mic level. Test button. Test. Test button. Last item. Um, that's really all you can do in the mic settings. Uh, now I am going to have to do this because she's got her uh, phone set to use a different. All right, keeps using gestures instead of buttons here. Keep screen on. Screen will be kept on. Screen will be kept on while recording running and main screen active. Off switch. Okay, so that basically prevents screen lock uh, during recording. Hide from media players. Hide. Your recordings will not. Hide from media players. Your recordings will not be added to the library in most media players. Off switch. Double tap to activate. Now, I'm not really sure why we would use a feature like that, but if you wanted to, you could. File name and title. File Double name and tap to activate. File name and title, so you can preset a title and file name for each recording. Location of recordings, slash storage, slash emulated, slash zero, slash smart mob, slash smart recorder, disabled. Okay, so that's the path where the recorders are stored. Crash reporting. Help us fix it sooner by sending crash details automatically. Effective after app restart. Off switch. Showing items three okay, to so Crash reporting. Help us navigate up button. That's not in list. Message. That in a nutshell. Alex, voice message. So, so let's make Double a tap to activate. Let's make a brief recording here. Okay, I think I'm recording. If I am, hello. This is a microphone. I'm speaking yeah, into it. And you are hearing it. Yes. Uh, Remaining time. Let's Remaining time. First see if, zero 13. Cancel button. Finish button. Cancel. Finish button. Hit that. Double tap to activate. There was a Start pause recorder. button. Cancel and finish. So now. And recording one. Edit all right. Recording Select one. Play slash pause button. And Double now. Tap to activate. We'll have a play pause. Okay. I think I'm recording. If I am, hello. This is a microphone. I'm speaking yeah, into it. And you are hearing it. Message detached. Uh, remaining time. Nope. Remaining time. First zero thirteen. Cancel button. Finish. Bu cancel. Finish button. Hit that. Double tap to play slash. And that's basically a little bit of the app. It's it's okay for uh, what it is. That is the smart uh, recorder app. Uh, and she literally just downloaded that tonight, so that was about as raw and uncut as you're going to get for a <laughs> recording app, uh, uh, Warren. Uh, let's see. What about Austin? Do you have any recording apps that you find uh, that you like, Austin, that is one that you've tried? Yeah, I've tried a lot of them, but I've li I like one of them that is amazing MP3 recorder. Now, if I demo this app, I can do a whole show on this mm, app that's alone. That's right. <laughs> Because yeah. this app can do everything. It can do call recording. It has equalizers. It has the normal sample rate and everything it has. But let's see a short demo. If you want a longer demo, let us know and we'll do it for the YouTube. So this is the demo of Amazing MP3 Recorder. It's a very short demo. I will do an in-detail demo for the YouTube video. So on top of the window, you have these not recording or playing this is the status that will change when you're recording something or when you're playing something. Reminder to rate app on Google Play. This button will go away after you click it. Button. Permissions. Button. 
and here you can give it permissions for different things like recording Message. mic What's and all the call recording and all those things you can donate some money to them if you want effects enabled tap to show effects some effects are on button now let's go into effects showing buttons back to return recordings folder this play hide buttons hide but hide buttons now if you click buttons, on the record uh, on the effects the list of buttons will be at the bottom right hide buttons button not recording or play stop stop hide button disable effects button volume one button so volume you can set the volume wherever you want i set it to one because what it does is when you rec when you record a demo with talk back and the volume is high it distorts the audio so i set the volume to very low equalizer 111 button so you can set the equalizers there are three bands available pitch is off button you can change your pitch that is very good if you want voice to voice changer is off button and it has a voice changer which i have never tried but you can change the tone of the voice and all noise those things noise gate is off button wow they have even added noise gate now so this recorder does not get frequently updated but they are adding some features as they voice update voice activity detect is off button so this is what i think this is is it will record when there is voice activity and it will stop when there is no activity so it's the same like the others hide buttons and you can hide buttons one button menu button. then you have the menu button if you Showing go here buttons. not recording or store button you can Donate. go to their button. store radar app again button. you can read our other apps button their apps Facebook and other share. things button our website button email feedback but hide buttons in our web face our other app, radar app donate store button so what the store is from the store you can buy things like mp3 feature so this is a free recorder but the mp3 Message has delivered. to be uh, paid for because of some licensing with the mp3 and all those things but it records by default in wave and flac themes button themes help topics button you can help. get a whole help which is a user manual like thing settings button settings and then we go to settings hide buttons button. let's hide the buttons, buttons first then i'll pause stop button record so this stop. is a record button, button. pause pause stop. button stop 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 play stop recordings folder this runs the oi file manager to view your recordings button so you can view the recordings and what is good about this app is you can customize the ui so there is an app button 1 app button 2 if you select what those buttons do then you can run apps and other things not donate button effect reminder to not donate effect now let's go into settings menu, and i'm going to briefly button. just go through and show you what's there setting compression file recording Call recorder. Use reset call recorder to choose the best device type to record both sides of call. Note: Call recording without informing others is illegal in some areas of the world. See help. Call recorder two of twenty-one. So this has call, call recorder, recorder also. Phone call recorder. Heading one. Call record. Compression file format. Wave default MP3 and AUG. MP3 and AUG settings four of twenty-one. So you can set your 
file format here either you want wave or you want other formats and you can set the quality of these recordings 0 to 7 where 0 is the highest quality and also you can set the compression record settings volume boost stereo recording audio source sample rate 5 of 21 and these are record like settings. these are like other apps you can boost your volume so let's say you have your volume set at maximum but you're sitting far away and you're recording something which is low volume or it's distant you can boost the recording and it'll record it properly but if you're recording something close by and if you boost the volume it will distort file management record controls power button vibration and outputs record settings volume boost output settings monitor recording with earphones output recording via aux cable or y splitters to other devices for gaming cosplay phone voice chat 6 of 21 so this is a very nice thing you can monitor your recording using a headphone but i don't think i don't think bluetooth headphones will work you will require a wired headphone or you can use a wire splitter an aux cable so this a whole recording suite this is like the reaper or gold wave for professional recorders on the pc vibration and sound turn on sound feedback delay recording or reduce vibration to avoid vibration in recording 7 of 21 so what happens is when you start recording and you hear vibration here you can go in here and delay your recording to start it when the vibration stops record controls power button 3 times to record works everywhere even when screen locked okay google open instant record ear detect headset button volume buttons to record 8 of 21 so here is where little customizations of the ui come in you can set your record control buttons and headset buttons and what they do file management file managers daily ringtone management ringtone notification and alarm sounds not affected you can by even reset create, settings uh, the recorded files copied to these folders are limited and to notifications one using this user interface heading 11 of 21 and now we come to the pure customization of the ui this is all the recording settings this is the end of the settings for recording set theme set theme or background color some themes are free while theme packs are a paid feature with free trial show hide buttons show or hide buttons set run app buttons choose app to run when run app 1 2 3 buttons are pressed avoid choosing system apps not affected by reset settings show run app buttons by turning on in settings show hide buttons 14 of 21 so let's say if you want to do some basic audio editing on your phone you can select run app one button and open an editor and do a little basic editing whatever you want to do or you want to share the recording somehow whatever so you can set these app buttons screen timeout dim screen to save battery power 15 of 21 you can do this if you want confirm on exit on default is on press back key twice to exit the app this is Turn very important on first back key press check landscape mode experimental off default is off press back button to exit app for changes to take effect use light theme for settings off default is off press back button to exit app for changes to take talk back and screen readers shorten or reduce talk back messages useful for advanced users of talk back and other screen readers 19 of 21 so if you are an advanced talk back or screen reader users you can go in here 
and it will you can tell it to reduce the verbosity of feedback that you get from the settings settings heading 20 reset settings some settings are not affected by reset settings and can be set manually recordings folder cloud yes. folder phone call folder ringtones set run app 21 of 21 if you do some something wrong in the settings and your app does not work you can just reset all the factory settings to default so that is it about the short demo I, it was not very short but it's short enough because if i go into the youtube video and demo this i think the youtube video will be about 20 25 minutes so let us know if you want a long demo and we'll do it Thank you so much Austin that was wonderful especially all that stuff like i said the uh, amazing mp3 recorder is a great app but it's so so uh crowded you know to put it mildly so uh you want to go in here and dig through and give yourself a lot of time to actually get to familiarize yourself with this particular um app Well, I that... would like to add a disclaimer to that. We the, the app is not able to wash your dishes. It is not able to wash your clothes or your laundry. Please consult the nearest person in your house if you need assistance with your laundry, your washing machine or anything else around you. Thank you. Just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. I think now though we had a wonderful guest as mentioned earlier on and that is the developer or the head of the talkback development from Google and we sat down and chat with us yesterday so we had a little chat together with Brian Kemmler and now we're plugging in that interview we are thankful that we're joined by Brian Kemmler the head management of talkback and we are so excited because this is one of the big ones we've been wanting to talk about and we are thankful Brian that you are with us here today to talk about talkback and all that it entails Brian thank you yeah so great to be here thank you Warren for the invitation and i'm always happy to talk to the community about talkback i have my co-hosts with me here today and these are my best buddies in the world uh Miriam Hey Oren and hey Brian it's it's an amazing actually um opportunity to be here and talk about um how accessibility goes in Google especially with Talkback um since it's the main screen that we have on Android and the co-pilot Hi Brian it's very exciting to talk to you about Talkback and I used to every day ask Warren when is the interview when is the interview so it is very exciting <laughs> That's great I'm I'm excited you're excited I'm excited too Brian, how about we start off about talking about the history of Talkback? I know we've come a long way. Uh, those of us who've been there as far back as 2010, 2011, or whenever, went through those birth pains of maturing with Talkback. And so it is important that we don't forget our history and where we're coming from, because that gives us a better perspective as to where we're heading. So let's talk a little bit about the history of Talkback when it first started, and then where we are and all that in between stuff. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so so Talkback has a very very long history. It has been around for about 12 years and it basically started as a project um on our Android framework and Android uh research team with a pretty famous uh person from the community, TV Raman, um as well as somebody who is still on the uh and uh, not just android accessibility but the overall android um framework engineering team 
Svetganov. And um, both of those two people are still with us today, but we have built a, uh, a bigger and to some extent newer team of people, including myself, who has only been working on TalkBack for two years, but I know the, you know, I know the people, I know the technology, I know a little, a, a little bit of, about the history, and I'm more than happy to share from my standpoint some of the things that I think have been, you know, consistent themes uh, throughout TalkBack's history, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, continue up to this day. So TalkBack is really unique and different from any other product, right? Like a lot of people, um, maybe not your audience, but you know, if I talk to my mom, if I talk to someone on the street, you know, people think I work on an app. And I never describe TalkBack as an app because TalkBack is unlike any other app because it's meant to make every other app and Android accessible to people who do not use a display, which is typically people who are blind or have some form of low, low vision as, uh, as I think your audience knows. And as such, that's a really daunting challenge, right? Like, you know, yes. how do you make something work without a key ingredient, right? Like our, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, our operating systems have been built for people who use displays, right? And so That's now right. you're taking taking the display out of that equation and you're saying, oh, well, the thing has to work, right? It's it's kind of like taking, you know, you know, taking a car and taking the wheels off and saying, how do you make the car work? Right. And it's like, well, you build a different type of car. Maybe you build a helicopter, maybe you build a, you know, an airplane. But the the the, the thing that does that or enable enables you know the car to drive without the, the the tires is something that is is requires a lot more specialization and a lot more uh close cooperation and working with the community and so i think we've always viewed since talkback started we've always viewed it as more of a um a system ui or even potentially like an os for um people who don't use a display and um, so I think I think that's one thing that's important. A second thing that's I think super important and that we take really near and dear to our respective hearts is building with the community, right? And and so that doesn't mean we're building something for someone. We're building something with someone, and you know we we try to do that in two ways, to the greatest extent possible. You know we try to hire. Um, basically people who are users of the product. So blind people, uh, blind designers, blind product managers, blind um, and engineers and, and so forth, and bring them into that internal development process. But we also, as Warren, as you and I were connected, um, we also do that through our external trusted tester program. And so that's a program where we have about 100, um, 100 screen reader users from all walks of life, we provide phones and we have lively conversations and debates and we roll out features um, early, certainly not often enough, but uh, at least a lot more um, often recently, which is amazing. And we're excited about that. And we roll out these features and, you know, we'll come up with designs and then we'll iterate on those designs based on that feedback with the community. And so that's how I think we think of building with rather than building for. Thank you so much, Brian. That's excellent. Because I remember 
You know, when we first started with TalkBack and the very first time, though, that we as blind people got that capability of starting TalkBack on our own, I remember that first time was that ice cream sandwich and that drawing of a rectangle uh, to enable accessibility. It was a hit and miss for many. And then with a 4.1 Jelly Bean, that first uh, ability to uh, start TalkBack with a two-finger hold down, I think it was revolutionary and changes accessibility from there forward and moving to using the two-volume key hold down in Oreo, and now that is gone, uh, the two-finger hold down uh, for some reason, Brian. I got tears in my eyes. That is gone in Android 12. <laughs> uh, so that was the first thing I noticed because I wanted to try that when I first uh, jumped on the uh, developer preview one. I think that was February 18th when I installed that thing. When it came out, I jumped on it right away. Uh, to try it. And my first thought was to try to see if that two-finger hold down was still there. And then I realized it wasn't. And I kept trying it uh, with each updates, developer two, three, and then beta one and beta two. And still, I noticed that was gone. So I said, now that is gone with the wind. Now we have the two-volume hold down instead of the two-finger hold down, which used to be another way of doing it. Now, looking back at that, Brian, we have advanced a lot in, in TalkBack. It was very rudimentary, you know, to put it mildly, in so many ways. Uh, going back to those days, you know, with ice cream and jelly bean. And, of course, we saw um, improvements along the way. And now, here we are today in Android Accessibility 9.1. How have your two years been, Brian? How has it been? Has it been of a challenge? Uh, what are some of the big problems? Because you, you mentioned earlier on, it's like driving a car and you're trying to redesign the car. Or what do you do? Do you take off the wheels? Or do you try to, uh, try to find a way of making it work with what you have? How have those two years been uh, for you as an individual working on this project? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking, Warren. So I think um, I think it's been amazing. It's also been, you know, it's it's been challenge challenging. And so you know, just so your audience knows, I'm I am a sighted user, so I'm not a I'm not a full time uh, screen reader user because um, I don't have to I don't have to rely on one. I obviously use one in my job. And so I think one of the first challenges was just building. You know, building empathy and understanding how um, how people use screen readers and what some of the you know what some of the challenges you know what some of the challenges are there. You know, we couldn't do what we do um, without you guys who are in our you know in our in our trusted our, our trusted tester program. Another challenge I think was we had a lot of research and we had a lot of feedback that you know that basically our users told us that. You know, they wanted a more modern gesture system, and that you know the um, the menus were kind of confusing. They didn't know when to use the local or when to use the global menu, and that like you know there were just some sort of challenges with how complex talkback was, particularly from the menuing and gesturing standpoint. And so we you know went back to the drawing boards and i'm going to talk a bit about gestures if you want me to talk about menus i can talk about that too but i think gestures illustrates some of the challenges 
So in internally, we, you know, had a lot of debates where, you know, we're like, okay, do we completely overhaul the gesture system from scratch, right? Do we create the gesture system we would create if we were building a screen reader from the very beginning? And, and for a while we were thinking about doing, doing that, but then we felt that that was going to really disrupt the user community a lot. And we didn't want people to have to like change the tar tires of the car in the middle of you know driving it. We, we thought that would be too much, but we still wanted to launch um, multi-finger gestures. So instead of making it an either or, uh, we made it a both and. And we thought, and I think Warren, you're very familiar with this history, but we yeah. thought we, <laughs> we had landed on this like amazing system and you know we had so many debates and like you know healthy conversations and philosophical conversations you know internally and back in the summer of 2020 back in august we rolled it out to you guys in the trusted tester program and we got some very stern feedback we got a lot of feedback that said <laughs> yeah. you know hey that you know this isn't this isn't <laughs> quite what we wanted and um and then we we literally we moved mountains to um update, you know, uh, like take that feedback in and then re-roll the gestures out. And we even did a special, which is internally pretty much unheard of, um, but we did a over the air update for a number of the different users so that they could get a late breaking, um, the late breaking framework updates so that we could give you the new gesture set based on your feedback. And then on that second iteration, we got great feedback. So, um, so we're super, you know, we're super happy. So, you know, basically working as intended, we, you know, do a lot of thinking, a lot of research, um, and a lot of effort when we build any, uh, any feature. Um, but really the rubber meets the road when it meets with the users in this the case, users, the, the community, right. the community. And then, you know, we take that feedback and we change and we're very happy and we've gotten very good feedback from, uh, the community. And now talkback is, you know, more in line with the industry. It's easier to use. It's easier to learn. Um, the mem the gestures are a bit easier to perform than the single finger gestures, and um, and that's you know that's good. That's good for pe you know that's good for people. And I think particularly it's 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 an easier system to learn if you are new to a screen reader. So if you're using a screen, you know, look if you've used a screen reader since you were born and you had all the training and education around it, like. It's probably not going to move the needle for you, but if you're, you know, suddenly lose sight, right, and you have to learn a screen reader later on in life, then I think that's really where it's going to make a, a, a big difference. And then, you know, for the people who are the pro screen reader users, it also makes a difference there. I don't want to undersell that. I think it makes a difference there in terms of just providing more options. You know, more options is good. More customization is good. Um, every user particularly in the accessibility community, um, wants to do things like a little bit differently. Yeah. Now, one of our co-hosts, Edward Green, who is unable to be with us today, wants me to ask you this question. When you first rolled out version 9.0, the multi-finger gestures actually worked with his OnePlus phone. But with the 9.1 introduction, however, those multi-finger gesture support were gone. And I also noticed, like on my Pixel 2, 
Excel running Android 11, you know, that is not part of it. And, you know, I love my Pixel 2. It's probably one of the most responsive phones when it comes to using the keyboard. For some reason, that phone was so optimized. I don't know what Google did, but... (laughs) Interesting, interesting. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I'm telling you, if I compare Pixel 2, typing on a Pixel 2 with my Pixel 4, it's a much better experience on the Pixel 2. The keyboard is so responsive, but the multi-finger gestures aren't there. And that's one of the things that Edward is kind of upset about it. And with a lot of other blind people on our mailing list talking about the fact that this is available only for uh, Pixel phones. At least you have to have a Pixel 3 and higher, and you have to have certain security patch, which makes me believe it was like a feature drop or something, or something using 3.x, one UI 3.x. So uh, I was under the impression, Brian, that this was something that was going to be supporting the API for Android 11, uh, regardless as to whether one has, um, you know, an Asus phone or a Pixel or Samsung phone. What happened here? Yeah, so so great question. So, um, so basically what we, you know, basically what we want is we want every version of TalkBack on Android 12 or higher to be able to have um, the multi-finger gestures. The reason why there was a more, um, so there was a more limited rollout and to the best of my knowledge, that rollout was to both Samsung and Pixel devices running 11 and higher. So slightly limited in the begin in the beginning, but what we wanted to do was we wanted to kind of roll it out a little bit more gradually because this is like a big, you know, like a big change. Um, understanding that with a big change, potentially there's risk, you know, even though we have very thoroughly vetted it with um, you know, with you and with our trusted tester community, we just wanted to be careful and deliberate. So you could kind of think of the Pixel and the Samsung rollout as um, a bit of the a bit of the preview. And then starting in the starting in the fall with the next version of Android, any device on Android 12 or higher running Talkback 9.1 or higher will have the new multi-finger gestures. So in other words, though, it's not going to um, trickle down to Android 11, right? It will not. And I can explain a little bit why. Would that be helpful? Yeah, I think that will make sense because that would help our listeners or our readers understand what's going on because we don't want people to keep on holding out hope that, you know, the Android 11 is going to be working with these multi-finger gestures and then uh, getting disappointed that it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally understand that. Totally understand that. So, um, so basic, basically, as I mentioned before, Talkback is, um, you know, it's a it, it's a complex system. It's it's effectively a, an OS or a system UI um, for displayless operation, right? And so it's it's actually made up of two big architectural components in Android. One is basically an accessibility service, which is akin to an app. And two is the Android framework. And so gesture detection and all of the work that enables you to basically 
touch a screen and for the operating system to recognize that's, you know, uh, a, a one finger press and hold, a two finger press and hold, like uh, one finger swipe down and left. All of that work is done within the Android framework. And so it's basically, you know, it's updatable pretty much on the same release cycle as Android as a whole. Now, there are sometimes ways of backporting and we, you know, I can't make a, a, a promise because up until now, um, we're, you know, we think it might be a little too complex to to backport to um, to eleven. But um, you know, I'm hearing from you that it's important to the community, so it's something that I can I can promise to look into. But I can't um, I can't promise that we're that we're going to do that. I can absolutely promise that the multi finger gestures will be available to any um, any updated um, phone or OEM on 12 Android and higher and TalkBack 9.1 and higher. Thank you so much, Brian. That really helps explain it. So um, my question is that a couple of years ago, I was thinking of when um, the TalkBack teams thinks of, you know, releasing a new feature to TalkBack. Are there any things that you put in consideration regarding other stuff, you know, um, before, like before releasing the um, multi-finger gestures, um, what did you put in consideration regarding other applications, regarding users, regarding devices, and everything? Yeah, so I mean, I think when we, you know, we 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 think about certain principles with um, with rolling out a new gesture, like rolling out additional or new gestures, right, and. You know, basically, we as 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 users, um, you know, we want to make them easy to learn, easy to use, and easy to remember, as well as like the most impactful. And so, let me take that last piece first. So, for the most impactful, what's really important is like you could go crazy with gestures, right? Like you could you could assign a gesture to like almost anything in the uh, anything in the system right and so what we wanted to do was make sure the most difficult actions or the actions that required the most steps had um, the right gesture assigned to them so that the gesture can have the biggest bang for the impact and to give you to give you an example of that is, a very common operation, a very frequent operation, is stopping and starting media playback. So Spotify, YouTube, like any video, any audio, right? And if you have to like wake your screen up and like swipe and traverse linearly to the you know to the play button that's in the middle of the video, then it's like that's a very inefficient task using a screen reader, right? Whereas if all you have to do is double, you know, double tap and hold um, with a single gesture, then we've made a really efficient and really bad experience a really efficient and really good experience. So those are some of the things that we think about when we're um, when we're considering how we like design a gesture system. Number one, and then number two 
how um, you know how we take that kind of holistic system design and apply it to the sort of you know the things that will have the biggest impact. Yeah, so actually I do agree with you there. Like I remember um, when I was younger, I was using Talkback. Um, I always was kind of, um, it was kind of hard to me, even if it's not right now, to open the, it was called the local, I mean the global contact menu back then. I was like, oh, how can I open this? It's so hard to open. And um, I remember like there were a lot of people who used to explain to me like it's just writing down. I was like, no, it's, it's hard to do it. But afterwards, when I used you know to when i got used to the gestures even when i try to change them and make them much more customizable i feel like i always go back to the normal default um gestures that are actually set in talkback um so yeah i mean i have a little question it's kind of weird but i mean um you said that you mentioned that you're your sighted person right correct yeah so what was like as a sighted person, what was the hardest challenge that you've got? You know, you've actually went through, um, you know, since like through your two years and in, in talkback working on talkback and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it's it's just. I, I I think the hardest thing for me was like kind of like I sort of get screen readers now, and I sort of get, um, you know, and I'll never get it. Like I'm never gonna be, you know some of the people that I work with and, and and some of the folks in the community who are just like so amazing in terms of like how, like the rate at which they're able to listen to content, like two, three, four, five X, it's incredible. Or the rate at which they're able to like perform <laughs> gestures. Like 100%. I'm never going to, yeah, I'm never going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be that. That's never going to be me. Um, you know, um, but like I sort of, now I sort of get the one-on-one. I think the hardest thing for me was in the very beginning, like I just didn't get the screen reader at all. I think Talkback's um, tutorial, when I tried to go through the tutorial in the beginning, I just like, I didn't get it at all. And so that was also one of the things we redid in yes, you did. 9.1, because I'm like, you know what, we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't greet the user with, hey, you just came out of high school, now you're in a PhD program. Like it doesn't work like that. It's more like, hey, you know, it should be more like, hey, you just came out of, you know, high school. Now we're going to put you in a 101. So we like a 101 grade. <laughs> so we basically really rethought the tutorial and we rethought it, you know, along the idea or along the lines of like, hey, let's give people just enough information to become like basically proficient in talkback. You know, it, it's not about comprehensivity of like, you're going to become an expert overnight, but the tutorial in the beginning should be for that, you know, person who is new to the product. Right. And so I think, you know, when I stepped into that role about two years, like about two years ago, um, having to learn it from scratch was really daunting and really difficult. And you could imagine, and I have sight, so I can, you know, it was still difficult and I could still, and I could look at the display, right? So you could imagine how difficult that would be for somebody who, you know, like me came to um, the screen reader later in life um, and didn't have, you know, didn't have sight, right? So we want to kind of think of that user too. 
Brian, thank you so much for mentioning that tutorial because it's one of those things that I usually refer people to besides, of course, referring them to our mailing list, which is doing a great job, you know, for basic Android and getting started in Android. And I pride ourselves as being the only blindness-related um, Android-focused podcast. And so we're so excited about that. And we talk about these things and we say, hey, you know, you want to first of all get started by uh, practicing those tutorials or those practice gestures found within the talkback itself. And, you know, probably it's the only screen reader that has that. And I'm proud to say that because it is true. And so anyone getting started with Android, that's a good place to get started. And then when you have additional questions, of course, you know where to find us, blindandroidusers.com. So I've got some questions. My first question is, in India, we're getting a lot of like questions in the Android community of India. They say that the trusted program is only to US and why it is not to India. So is there any idea when it will be open to India and other parts of the world? Yeah, so we are aware of that. And I personally am very keen on seeing us expand the program to, um, to be more representative of our global set of users. And I think India would be um, an absolutely awesome market for a whole bunch of uh, a whole bu bunch of reasons i don't have a time frame for that yet but uh, but that is something we're keen on doing at some point so my next question is uh, now there are a lot of foldable phones coming from samsung does talkback support foldable phones like can someone go to the market and purchase a phone although they are expensive but can they do that and will talkback support it um, I don't know the answer to um, to that question off the top of my head. Talkback should um, should work for most journeys on a on a foldable, just like out, out of the gate. But there may be some fit and polish issues, and I know that um, foldables will be a focus for our team um, starting in the second half of this year. Great. But I also I can't answer for I also can't answer for Samsung because Samsung um, they may have modified a lot of since we make Talkback open source um, a lot of uh, OEMs and manufacturers will take the open source version of Talkback and adapt it and Samsung may have done that they may not have done that I simply don't know and can't say. That is nice. So the last question is. Like, I don't know if this can be aired or if you want to talk about it, but what are some of the features that the listeners can stay tuned for maybe this year or maybe Android 12 or something in Talkback? Yeah. So one of the reasons why we don't um, necessarily telegraph the new features that we're, that, that we're working on is because, you know, when you're working on something new, there's always some risk. <laughs> and so there's always a chance, right? And so so one of the things we're very intentional about is not you know not oversetting expectations we'd rather kind of be more conservative with like the expectations that we set um and then you know and then and then over over deliver on our trusted tester uh forum we're very kind of candid like i'm like i think warren will tell you like i'll pretty much tell you straight up but our test trusted tester com community is under non-disclosure agreement and they're also um you know they're also 
basically the people with whom we're developing the developing the product, right? Um, you know, I can tell you things that I would like to work on and things that I think are important, and I'm happy to hear your feedback on if you think those are the right, um, you know, those are the right um, areas. So I think there's three main areas that we can improve in. So one area is just like overall performance, like having um, a faster, snappier, more responsive um, talkback. So that's not a new feature, but that's core to the entire product and the whole um, and the whole um, and every feature, if you will. Uh, one, um, two, uh, improving input. So you know, making sure that um, editing, selection. Uh, cut, copy, paste, you know, interacting with the assistant, like all of those things um, work in a more efficient and more um, expected way. So that's kind of uh, the second thing. And then like the last thing that, you know, I would love, you know, would love to work on is, you know, solving a simple but vexing problem. And that's unlabeled stuff. And by unlabeled stuff, I mean, unlabeled images, unlabeled icons, unlabeled buttons, um, unlabeled photos, right? And having the ability to use, um, you know, AI and, yeah. and yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so those are like the things that I think of or that are our priorities. So like performance, improving input and, um, you know, solving the unlabeled, uh, solving the unlabeled problem. <laughs> the unlabeled problem is the biggest problem. And, yeah. you know, actually, Brian, amen, amen, and amen the third time for all of those three, um, you know, visions that we you have. Uh, because I tell you, uh, most especially the editing feature or the selection, and this is something that I have been, you know, hounding or pounding on for quite a while, and others like myself, is that question of being able to, uh, discriminately select something. I know it's it's working well uh, in an edit field, but for instance, I am in my email message, my Gmail, or I am on a website, on TalkBack website, or one of the Google websites, or some other website, for example, and I'm reading a news article, and I want to copy just portions of that news article, or whatever the case may be. As it is right now and the only way i could do that is to selecting everything copy that go place it uh, paste it in an editor and from there you know uh, chop off the portions that i'm not interested in and i think that if we are able to get that capability of you know um discriminately selecting what we want um i think that would be huge and i don't know brian <laughs> am i dreaming uh, too much of climbing too high of a mountain here? <laughs> no, I mean, I think those are things that, you know, we have to, you know, we have like anything else, you know, there's limited resources. And so you need to prioritize, right? And so in 9.1, we prioritized, you know, basically the surfaces or the touch points, right? So menus, gestures, the tutorial settings, um, you know, allowing uh, voice voice input for voice shortcuts. So things that would kind of make the everyday, you know, everyday our, our oper operation of TalkBack, you know, better, more intuitive, easier, closer to the rest of the industry, um, blah, 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 um, right? So that was like our first thing we delivered, you know, we delivered on that. And so I think in the coming, you know, um, 
hopefully two or less two or less years, we will have made significant pro um, significant prom progress on those three sort of thematic areas. Like I said, so performance, input, and um, like AI and ML. That's great. Another thing I'm going to talk about, Brian. And actually, it's huge. And I want to congratulate you guys for doing this. This is very important. And that's the ability to mute talkback. Uh, this is something we've been asking for. And it got brought in without any fanfare. And I think the problem is that that thing got mislabeled. And if you guys could look into it and relabel that thing to uh, mute talkback, that would be great. Because this is something that people are unaware of. And because it says stop talkback sound or something crazy like that. That shouldn't be. Um, so now that we're talking about that, it is huge. And it's something that's worth the mention. And congratulations to you guys uh, for implementing it, even though it has a wrong label. <laughs> I'm sorry it has the wrong label. I'm, yeah. sorry it has, I'm sorry it has the wrong label. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I like, um, that's what I like. I'm used to from talkback. Um, even though sometimes I kind of get a little bit angry and that's how users, I mean, sometimes users get a little bit, you know, um, I'd say disturbed about if uh, Talkback isn't getting, you know, updates regularly as we expect it to get. But um, what always happens is that we always get, you know, um, surprised by a lot of phenomenal updates and all the beautiful things that actually come out. Um, whether they're features, whether they're even bug fixes that people don't care about, which I really do, because sometimes, you know, there's stuff that um, are pretty technical and, you know, you don't want to um, just bother the normal user with them, but people tend to not um, actually care about that, which I really do. So I love how amazing you do with Dogbag. I know you work hard to do that. It's, uh, as you mentioned, Brent, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy task, actually, but... Yeah, I mean, congratulations on um, the multi-finger gestures and stuff. It's it's very spectacular, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I really appreciate everybody sticking with Android, sticking with TalkBack, and, you know, providing the feedback. And, like, I think, you know, we – that feedback is, like, our, our currency, right? It's, like, lifeblood for the product. So it's it's super important, and we're super grateful to have it. And – we wish we could act on every piece of feedback as soon as we 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 get it. Um, we can't <laughs> just to like just to like put that out there. But I can tell you, like Mina and Saul and like the rest of our team, you know, we basically all of the feedback from the trusted tester program. You know, we take it, we collate it, we summarize it, we meet about it every week. And, you know, there's some things we're not going to be able to work on for a year. There's other things that we work on right away. And then there's like things that like fall, you know, you know, fall, fall in between that. Thank you so much, Brian. And, you know, I am the self-appointed Android evangelist. And so <laughs> all this is good news to me. <laughs> well, we need, you know, we need, we need, uh, we need, we need more of you. And, you know, it'd be, you know, one, one thing would be really cool, Warren, that we should do is we should invite you to like one of our team meetings and, you know, yeah, you just, guys should. just, just uh, let me take a note on that. And, you know, you could just kind of come in and give your feedback to the team. We'll, we'll do like a, like a hearing from, you know, the self-appointed 
Evangelist. <laughs> yeah, let's do that, man. Let's do that. Great. Well, thank you so much, Brian. We are so thankful for you giving us your time uh, to come and chat with us about these things. And I tell you what, our listeners are going to be excited about hearing about these things. And we appreciate you doing this. And uh, we want you to know that we are behind you, totally behind you. And we've seen a lot of improvements and we've seen the testament to your work. And uh, we are here um, supporting what you are doing, and we're looking forward to greater things yet to come. And thank you so much for being with us here today. A pleasure and an honor to be invited. Thank you for the thoughtful questions and discussion. And, you know, you always reach out. And thanks again. All right. And Brian, when, when some new stuff comes out, you know, that uh, wasn't here today or isn't here today, we'd like you to come back and let's talk about that new stuff, shall we? Of course, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Great, thank you so much, Brian. We appreciate you. Yeah, we're Amazing, right. likewise. Thank you. Thanks, thank you all. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Miriam. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Warren. Thanks for coming. Okay, bye, thank everybody. You. Okay, bye. And that was our interview with Brian, and that's bringing us to my most favorite part of the podcast or the episode, and that is the My Android Journey story. And of course, there's none other than the man of the hour himself, Brandon Hennis. Thank you very much, Mr. Warren Carr, and good to be here. The Android Journey starts back in the latter part of 2011. The first experience you'll ever come across with a Motorola Citrus phone running Android 2.0. I said 2.2 in our in our take one that busted. It was actually Android 2.1 that it was, not 2.2. 2.1 for, for the Motorola Citrus. Perhaps a disaster in my first experience for Android. Not getting a good experience for Android on the first run. That run was awful. Unfortunately... It was an absolute mess. And needless to say, because of that, I had to splurge and come up with ideas. I had TalkBack installed, and thankfully it had its own little personal readouts installed. By the way, for those who are curious about what synthesizer it was stuck with, well, SVOX Pico, unless, of course, you wanted to install mobile accessibility, which I got help installing uh, mobile accessibility uh, but I got it and um, that was a that was a great experience um, although despite having mobile accessibility I still could not get the phone exactly to my liking so I give upon that and for a while I kind of went to the fruitland but then well you see I kind of came out of the I kind of came out of the buried box and in doing so Motorola droid Ultra. Uh, the Droid Ultra, of course, uh, being a 2013, uh, in 2013, and that's after, that was before I tried the, after rather, I tried the LG Enlighten in 2012. The LG Enlighten had Android 2.3. It was an amazing device. The thing about it was, of course, that I liked is the slider keyboard. Because since TalkBack back then wasn't exactly touch screen friendly without the aid of the eyes free keyboard, to have a keyboard which you could do arrow keys and enter, Arrow keys to to go up and down the menus. Enter to select was a bit of a different um, side of the uh, pond for me. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Instead of touching things on a screen, 
Android uh, 5 point, uh, or, or Android 2.3.5 gingerbread, one of my favorite uh, uh, n- uh, versions just for the name of it, really, because, I mean, it did a lot back for its time. But then I didn't get to try an Android 4 phone. I did get to try Android 4.1 and above, and that was courtesy of the Droid Ultra and 13. Then we've got to fast forward because 2014, I didn't have anything Android-related. The Android version that I picked up was, uh, well, 4.3, which I later experienced off of a um, Note 2 from T-Mobile. Meanwhile, 4.4, KitKat with a Galaxy Note 2. All the while, getting a Galaxy exhibit with 4.1. So 4, 4, and 4. And then, of course, while all of that's happening, a tablet exposure to the Nexus 7 gave me some fun hopes that tablets would be just as fun as uh, phones were. And sure enough, they were. Well, then we go a little bit ahead. 2015, I mentioned the two Note 2s in 2015. 2016, nothing a whole lot different other than the fact I had just received a Galaxy Victory to mess around with. Because I love to mess around with phones. While all that happened, a motor, well, not a Motorola, but a Droid 4. Who remembers the Droid 4s? Had a slide-out keyboard, had the touchscreen, so either or worked with TalkBack. I would often pull out the slider keyboard to type in my credentials because I could work better off a QWERTY than a touchscreen. And even to this day, I still struggle with touchscreens, but I do my best. We go a little farther forward into the 20. Uh, 17, 18 time frame. Now, mind you, at this point, I had not really had any much in the way of working new Android devices. Everything I had was pretty much Android 7 with the uh, advent of the Moto E4. When Android 8 came out, Oreo was not update, would not update on the Moto E4. So basically, I was kind of going to be behind, I realized. So I, it wasn't until 2019, 2020, 2021 that things really started to surge. Phone-wise... Let's not forget the mention of uh, my friends giving me different phones with different OSs at the time. In 2016, my friend Kayla sent me a Galaxy S4. She also bought me later on a Blue Studio X8 HD, then uh, whose battery kind of failed. Then we go to uh, the iPhone um, uh, replacement of the hour. And that's when I recently just acquired a Samsung Galaxy S21. And I've also been playing around with an LG Velvet. Um, All of this to say the following. When it comes to Android devices, besides my Galaxy S8, S9, and the Galaxy S7 that my family, my mom's had, and my family's had a couple of S7s, and I've seen one S6, I can say that aside from the Galaxy S3, I have literally seen every phone with the exception of the S3, the S10, and the S20, as far as the S series of phones in the Samsung line. I can also say that my phone brand list includes Samsung, Motorola, only one blue, and one cool pad. But everything else is Samsung, Motorola, or LG. You now know, in a shortened version, the journey... Prior to that all, I started out with a Samsung Haven flip phone. And in the words of the late Paul Harvey, 
now you know the rest of the story. Thank you so much, Brandon. That was a wonderful story. And always, like I said, this happens to be my favorite well, part of the episodes or the podcast. Of course. So, <laughs> I'd always have wonderful laughs about these uh, experiences. And, uh, and you never know when somebody's got a phone that likes to do a little talking. And if it does a little bit of jiving and walking, then I guess you know you got you a good phone, man. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica, we want to thank you so much, too, for volunteering to step in here and talk about that smart recorder. Thank you so much. And Austin, how about you close us out by giving our info and how people can get hold of us and subscribe and do all that good stuff. So people can get hold of us and listen to all our previous episodes, including this one, by visiting us on blindandroidusers.com. They can search for us on YouTube, that is blind Android users, all different words. They can join our mailing list by sending in an email to blind Android users plus subscribe at groups.io. They can, if they have a question, you can send us the question or feedback or comment to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. And we would like to come we would like to ask you to come live but if you cannot come live and you want to send your pre-recorded android journey you could send it to my android journey at blindandroidusers.com and the links to join us on telegram to follow us on twitter and join our club on clubhouse will be in the show notes so please read the show notes that is us that is it from us this week that is correct. So I want to again thank everybody that has been a part. The voices that you've heard on the podcast today include Jessica Mangan, Warren Carr, and Austin Pinto. For those three, for now, my name is Brandon Hennis saying so long and thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Join us again next time and we'll have some more lined up for you. Stay with us. Ed Green will be back with you guys, I'm sure, in the saddle. But for now, Brandon Hennis and the company signing off. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you so much, and see you next week. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.